to bikes, burpees, and backhands. My guest today is Mr. Tony Tran. Tony's one of my former students, uh, went to Georgia State. He's got a master's in athletic training. He's licensed and certified in athletic training. Uh, he interned at Georgia State University, sports medicine, completed rotations with a lot of high schools and rehab clinics and medical clinics. Also went to Texas Tech. Um, you know, the, uh, we used to call him the missile man in, uh, in drills. Uh, we, uh, he's worked at an orthopedic clinic in Lawrenceville. Uh, very glad to have Tony, not only just from his expertise, which I'm sure could help me in my athletic endeavors, but also a lot of my, a lot of our followers out at Bike Friendly Atlanta and around the, uh, DMTA tennis scene. Um, welcome Tony. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me, Dave. I uh, never thought I'd be on a podcast, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty neat. And uh, to be interviewed by you is uh, it's definitely uh, an honor. <laughs> well, well, I don't know about an honor, but uh, you know we've always along pretty well. You know, except for when we started doing running and stuff, everybody used to call me a bunch of names. I'm sure I almost just <laughs> no. a few of those out. <laughs> you knew you knew what was best for us. And uh, footwork and all that, very important in tennis and uh, helped us all out a lot. So thank you. I wouldn't be the missile man without you. <laughs> all right. Well, first and foremost, I'm going to let you get into something that you, you, you requested, and I totally understand it. Uh, explain to our followers what an athletic trainer is or a master's in athletic training, what it encompasses and what your real job is. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, an athletic trainer, uh, they are healthcare professionals. Um, we usually get confused with uh, personal trainers, fitness trainers, uh, but we're in reality, we're healthcare professionals. Uh, what we do is uh, we work to uh, first prevent, um, evaluate, manage uh, athletic injuries. And uh, when I say athletic injuries, it's not just for athletes, um, it's for all people of different sizes, different ages, um, since most of the things that we do in life are athletic in nature. Um, so anyone from spraining an ankle on the basketball court to maybe someone uh, having back pain because they're picking up a box wrong, uh, you know, there's, uh, with those type of injuries, there can always be a use for athletic trainers. So um, think healthcare professional uh, before you think about fitness even though we do know a little bit about fitness because um, we do get some education and uh, fitness training and exercise uh, we're mostly focused on the healthcare aspect of it right right that makes way too much sense unfortunately like you say a lot of people are misguided or misdirected or just don't know quite the definition of what one versus the other is and that's a good thing for you to point out a uh, couple of uh, questions. I guess we'll get right into the questions me and you talked about, and uh, you can pull up some props if you want to. Uh, like I said, this will be on our YouTube channel so that people can uh, view what you have to show them, and that may help them. Um, we talked, and we talked about a little bit about you know, and I'm always a big advocate of icing, knowing that I have don't have any zippers on my knees. Uh, I'm probably not going to change much of that until I, you know pretty much cash the bucket out, but uh, how often should a player ice, um, you know, a heavily used joint, like a shoulder for tennis and uh, maybe 
knees and stuff for tennis or a lot of lot of athletics? How often should they ice or what should they ice? Okay, uh, so uh, I mean, icing's worked out great uh, for you. Uh, you know, I think it's a great tool to kind of help numb numb up pain, get rid of that pain after a hard workout, uh, maybe after an injury occurs. You know, you slap you slap on an ice bag and the pain kind of goes away. Uh, but actually, uh, with new studies coming out, uh, it's actually showing that ice may not be the best thing for prolonged use uh, for uh, general soreness. Uh, now, with that being said, if you just sprain your ankle or, you know, twisted your knee and there's lots of swelling and pain, um, I'm all for an ice bag going on that just to kind of uh, numb up that pain, numb up that area. Uh, but other than that, uh, the inflammation that occurs uh, to a joint or anything after an injury is kind of required by the body to kind of start that healing process. Uh, so ice actually kind of constricts the vessels that send those byproducts to the joint to kind of help that healing process. Right. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, so what I generally prefer for someone who's not injured, but maybe is just having soreness, um, to the body part, muscle, joint, uh, I like to recommend, uh, more of like, uh, an effective cool down after a workout. So maybe for example, uh, you, Dave, those long bike rides, uh, you can usually follow it up with like, a you know, a slow cool down to kind of. Sure. Um, get the blood moving uh, to help increase lymphatic flow to kind of get those byproducts out of the muscles without right. uh, like pressing it too much. Um, and then afterwards, I would probably do some sort of soft tissue mold, uh, such like uh, foam roll. Do you foam roll at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that kind of helps kind of relax the muscles, gets the muscles contracting to kind of move the byproducts out like a lactic acid um, sure. with used to knowing um, to get those kind of byproducts out to kind of relax the muscle and then uh, maybe use heat uh, before and after uh, to kind of loosen up the muscles. Uh, right. Because with ice, you usually use it and uh, it kind of stiffens you up. And I mean, that's good for numbing pain, but I wouldn't want my muscles to be even more stiffer after a hard workout than, uh, right. than it is, you know? Um, but yeah, those are the new studies. But with that being said, if ice works for you, you've used it for years, you know, you know, you've right. got, you know, uh, if it works for you, great, you know, but uh, if you want to try heat with uh, foam rolling and uh, using an effective cool down, studies today show that uh, that might be the better way to kind of manage those soreness injuries and whatnot. So, so when somebody comes to you, and this is spawning off of that, those theories, when somebody comes to you and says they have tendonitis, tennis elbow, what, right. is, what, what causes tennis elbow? Can it be prevented? Can you, you know, does that make sense? Uh, does yeah. ice not, does ice not stop inflammation or reduce it just to the point? I know taking Advil and ibuprofen and all that, you know, my, my biggest question always since I was probably less than your age now is if I take, two, three, four Advil, since I'm a big old mule now. Uh, how does that ibuprofen know where to go? <laughs> you know, whereas ice is right to right to the joint. Right. Ice is very localized. You're, you're right about that. Um, 
So let's go back to the tendonitis question. Yeah. Uh, so tennis elbow, uh, it's usually caused by, uh, you know, improper technique, uh, leading with the elbow, having the wrist in uh, full extension while you're going through that backhand motion. Uh, it usually stresses out the tendons on the lateral side of the, of the elbow, and um, also known as lateral epicondylitis. Sure. So improper technique uh, is the main cause. Now, I think the best way to prevent tennis elbow and to manage it is to maybe find a great coach like yourself to teach you proper mechanics. Uh, no, no, that's you. That's you. <laughs> Dave, you didn't endorse me, by the way. You didn't pay me to say this. I'm saying it on my own. Okay? I agree. <laughs> Good coach like Dave to teach you proper mechanics, um, to properly hit a backhand or a forehand to kind of reduce uh, the stress that happens at the elbow. Okay. I think that's the best thing for it. Um, now for, I mean, treating tennis elbow, if you do have it already, uh, a good way. I mean, initially, if there's pain, go ahead, ice it, numb sure. it up, get sure. that pain. Um, now, does it reduce inflammation with the ice? Uh, it constricts the blood vessels, sure. so it may temporarily reduce right. the inflammation. Right. But again, inflammation's needed for that healing process. Right. Uh, so kind of need it to go there. Um, so, I mean, ice, don't ice it. Will it make a huge difference? I don't think so. Sure. Um, but uh, I think the best way to reduce or get rid of that problem is to definitely have better mechanics. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, so go back, to, go back to the old theory of like spraining an ankle or you could even throw tendonitis or anything like that in there. They used to say, usually you would ice for 48 to 72 hours. And then after that, you start doing a hot, hot, cold contrast, which is, you know, heat followed by cold, which is getting some blood flow in there, but yet not so much that it starts ballooning back up. Because with a lot of injuries like sprained ankles and things like that, you don't want all that inflammation and all that blood flow because you got to get rid of that before you start. You hope you don't go with surgery, but you know, you yeah. don't want to go in there with a bunch of inflammation or swelling they're going to wait for that to go down. So does ice not stop that swelling if that's the initial, you know, cause problem? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm glad you brought up that contrast method that's going from the ice to the heat. Right. Uh, now, I mean, you're right about the ice. Uh, the normal protocol is to ice for 48 to 72 hours after an injury. Um, now, with that, I mean, again, the ice, it does constrict the blood vessels. Sure. Uh, it does uh, help to kind of not get the new fluid in there, right? Uh, which is what we actually want. Uh, so when you actually do the ice, it kind of numbs up the pain. You get that good, you know, numbing effect. But sure. then if you follow the heat, uh, you're causing vasodilation. So that's causing the blood vessels to kind of dilate, so you can get that new uh, lymphatic flow and blood cells uh, to the injured site to kind of help. Uh, repaired the injury site. So, right. I mean, uh, that that definitely um, is a great way to kind of manage the swelling and the pain. Sure, sure. Uh, for sure. Uh, now, I think with uh, an ankle sprain, 
you know, the old idea was, was it, they call it rice, right? Correct. The, the ice, elevation, um, com compression. Right. Uh, now we're leaning towards, uh, let's take the muscle and the joint through range of motion exercises um, as pain is tolerated. So um, you, you try to move the joint in a range of motion so that you don't lose that range of motion. Sure. Uh, uh, as much as the body will tolerate. Now, the body is smart. The body will tell you, oh, that's too much pain. You need to back off. That's when you need to, you know, know your limits. Sure. Uh, but now they're encouraging people to kind of do what you can uh, to kind of speed up that recovery uh, factor and to get back on the court factor, uh, faster. Sure. I can say, yeah. Yeah. So, let me, let me pose this question to you. This scenario, Tony Tran sprains his ankle, rolls it on a wide forehand or whatever, try to stop and come back. And you sprain it. We get you off the court. We put some ice on it. We have you ice it down for whatever. And, it, and you know, I know Tony Tran as my student. I know he is just itching. It kills an athlete to sit. So to tell somebody like an athlete, especially, that you need to get up, I think that's kind of a moot point. I think you're going to be getting up the next day or even two days later if it's really a bad thing, and you're going to start hobbling around. You're going to get a crutch and hobble, and you're going to know <laughs> you're going to push it so far because you can't stand and not get back out there. So right. to some degree, I, I understand one side of high-level athletes' mentality, but then not everybody's a high-level athlete. So that's where you come in and go – okay, you know, Betty Sue or Billy Bob, doesn't matter. You need to get up and walk around on it around the house as much as you can tolerate. And that helps their flexibility to not lose it. I, I get that. I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, in this situation, it helps to have someone like an athletic trainer or a physical therapist to guide you along uh, – the rehabilitation sure. stage of what you can and cannot do. Cause I mean, if I just sprain my ankle, I don't want to be walking on it immediately. Right. I may do some range of motion exercises with maybe like a TheraBand. I may use this TheraBand to kind of help, uh, you know, get that range of motion by just pumping my ankle sure. to kind of get fluid swelling out uh, to kind of help enforce that joint uh, with that range of motion right. that I want to keep rather than losing. Right. Um, anything else on, you know, tendonitis, uh, inflammation of joints, uh, taking care of knees and shoulders, anything else you want to add to that little topic before we move on? Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of commercial products out there that you can get. You might see them, you know, um, with the, the forearm straps, uh, to prevent uh, tendonitis of the elbow. You'll see the patella tendon straps that go around right. the knee. Um, those things are great for reducing the, uh, the force that kind of goes through that tendon when you're sure. doing activity. Uh, but again, remember that that's like a Band-Aid solution. Right. Uh, to really fix it, you want to have proper technique, proper conditioning uh, when you're playing tennis or running or jumping. Right. Um, the big key of it is being conditioned, you know, 
some people go out there and they might want to do 30 miles of biking and right. done it in years, you're going to have some, you know, inflammation. Uh, so, again, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. So get yourself a good coach like Dave and uh, you know, get his advice. Or the next day you'll be visiting Tony Tran. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, on to a Thank you for tuning into the, this part one of three with Mr. Tony Tran, a certified athletic trainer here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, you can catch parts two and three within the coming days. Hopefully in the next couple of days we'll have parts two and three up. You'll also be able to check out this entire video on our YouTube channel at Bike Friendly ATL on YouTube. So look us up, other videos on there, including clips from uh, pickleball, tennis, and uh, cycling. Uh, please uh, give all cyclists three feet out there on the road and stay tuned for parts two and three with Mr. Tony Tran. Y'all have a great day.